Um, shall we open our Bible to Philippians chapter number one? Amen. 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 Philippians chapter one. Paul and Tim and Timothy. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel for the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in, in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out, have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it may so that it has become evident to the whole palace God and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ and for most of the brethren in the Lord having become confident by my chains I'm much more bold to speak the word without fear some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife and some also from goodwill the former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. But the latter, out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes, will rejoice. I will rejoice. 19. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ, according to the earnest expectations and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always. So now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live in Christ and to die in is gain. But if I live only in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. That your, that your rejoicing in, for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that when I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, 
and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and, the, and that from God. For to you, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Um, we thank God for such a wonderful time. As I said that we um, journeying through the whole of this month um, in the book of um, Philippians, that is Apostle Paul's um, theologians will call it the Pauline epistle to the, the, um, the Philippian church or um, the city of Philippi. Um, others will call it epistemology. That is an in-depth um, studies into um, all the um, keywords in the book of um, Philippians. And one other thing that I want to um, bring to fore, you know, when it comes to the teaching of the word, um, in every scripture that you take, um, we have what we call um, the structure, the structure and also um, some of the thematic words. So we have the structure and the thematic word that is um, what are the themes? Um, even under the theme, we can, um, we can determine the atmosphere of, of the writing, whether it was written under duress, whether the person was writing it in anger. Um, I don't know, maybe if anyone has ever read um, even a comment on social media. Um, sometimes you can read a comment and the words that are coming from the, the writer would determine, you can, you can sense the voice, you can sense the, the, the sentiments of the person in the script. And out of it, you can determine the atmosphere, whether the person is writing out of love or the person is writing out of hatred or um, some would say being vexed in spirit. So when we look at, so whenever we take any of the um, Pauline epistles, we will also look at all these things. Was Paul happy? Was Paul being apologetic? Was Paul being angry? And all these things will make you know um, how he was expressing himself um, to the church. So, it will help us, I mean, it will help us when we are taking a look at the books of the Bible to explain um, to anyone that comes our way. And also that um, it wouldn't be like you are just taking the Bible anyhow, especially the New Testament. You will not just take them anyhow to explain to people. And also your understanding, your understanding of the word of God, your understanding of the word of life determines your growth in God. Your understanding of the word of God determines your development. That is your innermost development in your Christian life. So um, when we talk about the, the um, Paul's letter to um, the church in Philippi, um, Philippi was a city in, um, 
in uh, present-day Greece. Um, Philippi was a city in present-day Greece. And um, when we talk about Philippi, Philippi was basically um, a, a colony for um, ex-servicemen, that is people that had gone to war. So, but during the time of Apostle Paul, that is um, in, in AD 60, during the time of Apostle Paul, when this um, epistle was written, Greece was under the, the power of the Rome. That is, Rome was now ruling Greece. So the Philippi became an influx of Grecians and Romans. And they were people that, um, that is an influx of um, ex-servicemen. When we talk about ex-servicemen, ex-servicemen simply means soldiers. So they were ex-servicemen and civilians. So either soldiers, lawyers, um, um, policemen, and um, um, maybe uh, security guards and all these people, they were, that was their place of residence. So you could see the atmosphere that Apostle Paul is talking about. Because anytime these people were writing to um, their followers, they understood their state. For example, right now, uh, maybe sometimes, you know, sometimes when I come here and I'm preaching and, um, you know, I, you know, like when you are preaching among uh, people like uh, African people, you know, that is like, you need to chip in demon, you need to chip in, because if you don't chip in demon, you don't get the attention. You know, it is our constructs. We, 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 we love that, you know, the, you know, let's, let's be real. You know, we love that. You know? So <laughs> you have to look at the state of the people. You have to look at the understanding. Then you propel a word to them. So talking to um, the, the civilians and among soldiers, you know, soldiers have, uh, they are very strict. You know, soldiers yeah, are very true. strict. So there's a, I don't know if anyone has a friend who is a soldier or maybe um, your, your husband or uh, your father who was once a soldier. You know, they have a certain kind of attitude. And that attitude is born out of what we call a nationalistic tendency. Okay, your uncles are good. So soldiers have a strong, yeah, they are very strict. And yes, so all soldiers, one of the things about soldiers okay. is that they have what we call a nationalistic tendency or a patriotic, um, 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 something that is, that is patriotism is very inherent in them because their mindset has been um, fashioned towards protecting your nation or protecting that given territory. So that is their nature. So Paul was writing to these people, for example, um, if you go to United States of America, I know of a place called Boston. Boston is where all the major universities, all the major universities are. So for example, if you are going to preach to people in Boston and um, you are picking the Bible from a certain kind of angle, you would lose, you will not even get anybody to listen to you. So all these things are very important. So for example, whilst I'm preaching, I know the demographic, the cultures, people's, um, understandings of things where people are coming from then you chip in that then they will understand the word of the lord so these were the people that apostle paul 
was writing to. And one of the amazing thing about the book of Philippians is that the, that was the first place Apostle Paul established his first church. So Apostle Paul's Diasporian churches, the Philippian church was his first place of establishing a church, was his first place of establishing um, or first place of um, um, uh, church um, establishment. And why did, so someone asked me, why did Paul write such a letter to um, the Philippian um, church? Number one is that when Apostle Paul was writing this letter, he was in chains. And at that time, the state of Apostle Paul was that he had um, experienced, he was, um, um, he was under house imprisonment. That is, he had been in prison for five years. He was under house imprisonment. So if you read it very well, you'll understand it. So he wasn't writing the letter as in he was in a good state. No, he was in very, very, very um, bad state. But when he was writing this letter, one of the things that was happening to him was that his son, um, Timothy, was with him, you know. And this brings us to um, what I was saying, that never follow a leader only in good times. You know, there are some people, they, they are found with a leader only in good times found with the leader only in good times, but even in bad times. So that is why Apostle Paul recognizes Timothy, that Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ, because at that time, Paul was in chain and Timothy, Timothy was attending to him. But because of Apostle Paul's um, repertoire in society, he was a very learned person. He had dual citizenship. He was a room. He was um, he was a room, and 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 also he that is um, Apostle Paul was a Roman, and he was also a Jew. And those days, these two nations were very powerful. So it wasn't easy for you to touch a Jew, and it, as well, it wasn't easy for you to touch um, a Roman. So Apostle Paul's profession, I know most of you know, he was a lawyer by profession, and that was his work. So because he was of such um, a person of that um, caliber, um, they, they, they tried as much as they can not to treat him as just a riffraff in society. So we have imprisoned you, but um, you will not be treated as such people. So this kind of treatment is going to be more or less like, um, um, I would say, an elitist imprisonment. So we will imprison you. However, you will have your freedom. So you can move in the house, but you can't get out of the house. And it was because anywhere Apostle Paul goes, he causes an uproar with the gospel. He causes um, he causes a great uproar, and not just an uproar, but he deals with the great men on the land, but by diffusing their philosophies, by diffusing their precepts, by diffusing their traditions on the land. So that was his main work in every place he finds himself. I pray in the Holy Spirit of God that God will make us like that in every city we find ourselves, that even presidents and ministers through us will come to the knowledge of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe it, say amen. So the Bible amen. says that, the Bible says that, and when Apostle Paul rise to the Philippian church, one of the things that they had done to him was that the Philippian church had brought him a gift. So whilst he was in prison, the Philippian church, that is he was in prison in Rome, the, the, the Philippian church brought him a gift. So when they brought him a gift, he, he, he writes back to them 
a letter of appreciation. So the, the, the book of Philippi or the, the, the Philippian book is basically a friendly letter of appreciation. So that is the theme, a friendly letter of appreciation. So he said that, so he, 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 he starts with um, the introduction that Paul and Timothy, both servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. So he now writes to the church in Philippi, to the bishops and the deacons. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making mention of, making request for you with all joy. So you can imagine the atmosphere that Apostle Paul is writing to um, the um, Philippian church. He writes to them with joy. So this time around, he's not writing to them angry. He's writing to them with joy. He says, I write to you with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And he goes ahead to say that being very confident of this thing, that he who has begun a good work in us he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think of all of you because you have in my heart, in as much as both in my chains and the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers with me of the grace. So if you look at verse number seven, he talks about his chains. That is when Apostle Paul was writing these words or writing this book, he exposed to them his state. That is, he was not writing, um, I mean, in his own um, study room, or he, um, he was not writing it at the comfort of his home, but he was writing these things whilst he was in a chain. But one of the things that I want us to take note of um, tonight is that the Philippian church did something to Apostle Paul. That is, they, even though Apostle Paul was in chain, they understood of his care. So of all the Pauline epistles, the only church that was very much interested in the care of Apostle Paul was um, the, only, the, the only people that was more concerned about um, the care, the well-being of Apostle Paul was the Philippi or the church in Philippi. That is, they took care of him. They made sure that he was in a good state. They made sure that he was um, well fed. They made sure that he was well kept for. And one of the things that we know about the Philippian church is that um, they understood what we call um, having a knowledge of the needs of a church. So one of the things I want us to know tonight is that it is not only about just um, a family, also gotten as a family. We are not just here to just, oh, we are here as a family, we mention a family and we leave. No, we are here also with the need. That is the need of individuals in the church. I mean, when we continue, we will understand all these things. We will understand all these things. The needs, for us to understand the needs of the church, the needs of individuals, and some of these things 
you have to see, okay. observe it from afar. Welcome. You, you have to observe it from afar. You don't Welcome. just... Welcome. Um, don't feel it. You, 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 you don't just... Um, just um, I would say, say that, oh, people have come, they are just laughing, everything is fine with them, everything is okay with them, then um, when we finish, or even if a brother is in a problem, a sister is in a problem in all souls gathering, then we are like, okay, everything is fine, um, shall we share the blessings and go, or if a sister has a problem, a brother has a problem, we don't go like, oh, um, have faith in the Lord, have faith in the Lord, no. When in as much as we all, we are all concerned about the spiritual need of people, um, we also need to be concerned about their physical needs as well. That is, some people will say the humanitarian aspect of also gathering as a family. And that is one thing that the church in Philippi did. So Apostle Paul had no option than to appreciate them. He appreciated them that you have, uh, I appreciate your financial gift to me and also your care of me, even whilst I am in prison. So you can imagine how happy this man is. So that is why he, he, he starts with his words. He said that I am very happy. He said that I make this request with joy. That is anytime Apostle Paul prays to God for the, the church in Philippi, he is not angry. Anytime Apostle Paul prays to God for the church in Philippi, he is not so vexed. He is very happy because their ministerial life is not centered on problems. Their ministerial life is not centered on, some people will say parasitism, but they become a blessing to their community. They become a blessing to their world. For example, also gathering as a family, we, we will become a blessing to nations and communities. We will become a blessing to kingdoms and kingdoms and kingdoms. We will become a blessing. For example, one of the things I have desired in my heart is that a time will happen that we will give scholarship to many people in Africa to come diaspora, whether US or UK, we will give scholarships that they will come here and study and study free of charge under Amen. our own care. So that is our work. So Apostle Paul said that I'm very happy. So when he hears all these things, or when he saw these things, he was so happy about what the church in Philippi. And it is not wrong sometimes, it is not wrong to appreciate people. It is not wrong to appreciate people. Let me give an example. In United Kingdom, doing all souls gathering in United Kingdom. I mean, um, I, when I started all souls gathering in United Kingdom, for the past year now, I would say deep from my heart that I have never lacked. I have never lacked in terms of everything. In terms of everything, I've never lacked. Yes, Brother Chris is taking care of me. Brother Roger is taking care of me. So I've never lacked. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you with my heart for what you have done for me. And I don't take it for granted. So that is what Apostle Paul says. That church in Philippi, I pray for you with joy. I pray for you with joy. And he goes ahead to say that. And he said that now I make this request in prayer for you. And this is the request he makes. He says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day, even until now. And that is one prayer 
that I want us to understand. So the Greek word, the word fellowship, the Greek word that was used there is known as koinonia. It didn't say for your fellowship in the word. It says your fellowship in the gospel. So as a family also is gathering, how will we, how are we going to produce to the world? Because we have our source. We have our source. That is our koinonia. So the Greek word that was used as koinonia, let me explain koinonia to you. So the word that was used there is known as fellowship. And the Greek word koinonia means a permanent process, a permanent process of active reciprocity, a collapsing of two hands, or the interpenetration of the word and the person, a communion of forms, or a communion of forms that also makes up the Christian nature. So when we talk about koinonia, koinonia means that it is something that you actively do. Is it that our koinonia in the gospel, our active reading of the gospel, our active commitment into the gospel, our active yielding to the gospel. So to you, the believer, you don't yield yourself to the, to the precepts of the world. To you, the believer, you don't yield yourself to the precepts of man. For example, um, uh, some people will say, oh, don't give your money to the church. Give your money to, um, give your money to somebody else. That is what they say. But if you are yielded to the word, if you are having a strong communion with the word, so the right word that was used there, which is koinonia, means that a clasping of hands. So what is Apostle Paul trying to say here? He says, I am not interested in your giving. I am not interested in that. That which I am more interested in is that, that the Christian, you and the word, will become something like this. That is wherever they see you, they don't see you, they see the word. You can look at my hand. This is what we call collapsing, a koinonia. You know, some of the words that the words that were used in the New Testament were Greek. And sometimes there is no exact word that is used to explain in, in, in English. So sometimes I take the original word, then I will use all the synonyms that are related to the word. Then you will understand it um, in a syntactical manner. So he said that, I pray that you yourself and the word, and he didn't say just mere words, he said the gospel. So Apostle Paul separates it. He said the gospel, that there will not be any separation between you and the gospel. That both of you is going to be a collapse. That is, you are so tightened up. The gospel, and what do I mean by the gospel? The gospel, Jesus Christ is the Lord of all, the gospel. He has come that I might have life and have it more abundantly. What is the gospel? I am the bread of life. Listen to me. When we talk about the gospel, I'm not talking about the Torah. I'm not talking about the Torah or the Haggif. I'm not talking about the Torah. The Torah is, is all the books of Moses. I'm not talking about the Torah. I am talking about the gospel. The gospel that is also known as um, um, the gospel, which comes from two Anglo-Saxon words, gospeling or the glad tidings. So these words, he's saying that I pray that you and the gospel 
you and the gospel, there will not be a separation, a koinonia, a strong attachment with the gospel. And he goes ahead to say that and the gospel, there is going to be an interpenetration. And when we talk about that interpenetration, that is a situation where we see you, wherever we see you, we see the word. That is the word pierced deep into your heart. The word of God dives deep into your heart. And when we talk about the word of God digging deep into your heart, that is, you have come to a situation, you have come to a level in your life that you don't think about yourself anymore. You don't think about yourself anymore. You don't talk about yourself anymore. So long as Jesus has said it, he has said that he has come that I might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I am the light of the world and they that believe in me, they become life. You see that? And the, that life that is in Christ Jesus became the light of men. So you believe in these words and they become part of you. So sometimes your world, your world will be extremely negative to the word of God. For example, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the abundance life, then uh, maybe your, your world, nothing is proving that you, you are living in an abundant life. But he said that that is it. So Apostle Paul makes us know of the challenges. You know, why is Apostle Paul talking about the fellowship in the world? What is, why is Apostle Paul speaking about the fellowship of the gospel? Because he understands the frailness of man. Some of the challenges that we go through. Sometimes maybe um, you may be living in a world of hatredness. You may be living in a world of despair. You may be living in a world of um, in, 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 in a world of disappointment. Even he himself, when he was writing it, where was he? He was in chains. He was in chains. I know for sure some of us, we become, um, we have a lot of aspirations, especially when you, you get into the beginning of the year. You are having a lot of aspirations. You are having a lot of um, uh, visions. You, are, you, you have foresighted a whole, lot of, um, a, a whole lot of ideas, but you can see that nothing is coming to pass. Apostle Paul said that he understands all these things. Notwithstanding, he says, we need to be so much clutched in the word. Listen to it very well. This time around, it is not I listen to the word and I go home. I want you to listen to it very well. It is not I have a church life and I have a, a home life. No. He said that the word, you and wherever you are, we don't, only see, we don't see you. We see the word. So you, the believer, becomes the express image of the word of God. That is what Apostle Paul is talking about in verse 5 of Philippians. He says that for your fellowship in the gospel from day one till now. So the church in Philippi had demonstrated the fellowship of the gospel. That we don't care what happens to anyone. So long as God has said his word, it is final. We believe in the finality of the word of the Lord. We believe in the efficacy of the word of the Lord. So this evening, I came to tell you, I came to tell you this evening about the power that is in the word of the Lord. As you dine with the Lord, as you communicate with the Lord, as you pray, even 
everywhere you find yourself, that the word of the Lord is final. The word of the Lord is final. As we fellowship in the word, as you fellowship, individual fellowship in the word, and sometimes how do you fellowship in the word? He said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. That is when you, you keep on listening to the word. You keep on listening to the word. You keep on feeding your spirit on the word of God. You keep on feeding. So when you feed yourself with the word of God, Apostle Paul said that I understand you may be in a problem. You may be in a challenge. I understand all these things. I understand the, the flaws of the human nature. I understand the challenges of the world, especially within this era that we are having the challenges of coronavirus. Paul said that I understand all the fear. But in the midst of that, what, what, what fellowship do I have in the word of the Lord? He said that he has not given the spirit of timidity. The, the, the spirit of bondage to fear, but he has given him the spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. So that is all that I know, even in these end times. He has not given me the spirit of fear. He has given me the spirit of power. He has given me the spirit of love. He has given me the spirit of sound mind. So to the believer, you cannot say you don't have sound mind. Why? Because you are having a koinonia with the word of the Lord. So the word that was used there, fellowship, in Philippians chapter 1 verse 5, is not just um, they moving hand in hand. No, but this time around, we're talking about a connection, an interconnectedness. They are talking about a, when some people call a reciprocate. That is the, the word and him or the word is, is not what we call um, the word and the believer. There is no parallel. It's not a parallel that everyone is moving in a different direction. No, and where they meet and they cannot, they, where they move and they cannot come together. No, he said that you and the word, you are together. And what word am I talking about? The gospel, the gospel. And when we talk about the gospel, the gospel is not do's and don'ts. Always understand that the gospel is not do's and don'ts. The gospel is the revelation, the, the reality of the revelation of God to the believer. Understand it very well. When we talk about the gospel, the gospel is the revelation, the, the revelation of the reality of God to the believer. What do I mean? So when you are in death, the reality is that, the revelation of the reality is that you have now come to a place of life. So the gospel does not position you the gospel is like a trajectory. The gospel takes you to a different place. The gospel is not do's and don'ts. The gospel is a force. The gospel takes you to a new level. The gospel takes you to a new world. When you are sick, the gospel says you have life. When you are no more, when you are weak, the gospel says you have the strength of God in a place of impossibility. Jesus said, all things are possible to them who believe. Glory. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. So when you get hold of these things, and how do you get to know? So when you get to know all these things, you will understand the love of God. You will understand his love. And no many a time, as I'm bringing my word to a close, we have been used to a Christian life that is all about do's and don'ts or um, 
uh, a demon somewhere that is fighting your life. But that is not the gospel. The gospel is God taking you from your old life and positioning you to a new world. So what is the gospel? If anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Yea, all things are become new. So I listen to this word. And if any preacher tells me, you are under curse. No, I'm not under curse. If any preacher tells me, somebody has taken your destiny. No, I am not. And nobody has taken my destiny. Because my soul, my spirit, my body has had a koinonia with the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord tells me that if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things, all things are passed away. Yea, all things are become new. That is my new life because I have a koinonia with the word of the Lord. That is your gospel tonight. So you are not under bondage. You are not a slave. Sometimes people go like, oh, curse from your mother's bloodline. Curse from your father's bloodline. No, you tell yourself, no, that is not me. Why is it not me? Because the Bible says that they that believed in him, the gospel, they that believed in him, he gave them power. He gave them power to become the sons of God. Sons born not of the desires of man or the desires of that, but sons that are born by the spirit of God. That is my real nature. So if you tell me I am under my father's curse, yeah, I do understand there is curse in my father's family, but now I have a new father. I am, I am not connected. I have a new DNA. Oh, I thought you celebrate God tonight. I have a new DNA. I have a new gene in me. I have a new color character. I am a new person in Christ. So then you declare to yourself. So as you believe in these words and you prophesy to your world, you will not let the construct of the world define your life. The Lord bless you tonight as you have come into the new fellowship that is in the word, that is in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let all the saints say, Amen. 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 Be 